Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we hear this morning is from the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. So far, the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Barashim bara. means uh, to create. And it reveals to us who our God is. From the very beginning, he is the one who created all things. But it's also a word that creates something in us as well, making us God's people and calls us to faith, to trust in God's promises. The word bara, meaning to create, is not a word that's thrown around in a simple or useless way in scripture. It's used very seldom and it's reserved only for those occasions when it really means what it's saying. To create out of nothing. It's used almost exclusively of God, not entirely. It does have another form, it's called the PL form, not that that means much to most of you, but it does have another form in which it can refer to a secondary meaning of cutting down trees. And so in that form it is sometimes used of people who cut down trees, but in its, in its first form, in its original form, in its meaning of to create, it is only ever used of God. The Bible doesn't talk about children creating para, sand castles or even men uh, creating houses or anything like that. We, of course, uh, do make things. We take what God has made and we refashion them, and some of us are, are very good at it, make some beautiful things uh, that we create with what God made. But that's not what the Hebrew word is talking about. It refers exclusively to what God did to create out of nothing. And it's only used of God. Man can make, but only God creates. Isaiah 40 reminds us. This is who our God is, right? Revealed to us from the very first words of Scripture, He is the Creator. This is how God is introduced to us from the beginning of Scriptures, and that's how Paul introduces God when he's speaking to the men of Athens. Maybe you remember that. We talked about that not that long ago. Uh, but he says, Acts 17, 24, God... Keeping up with me, I can't see it, so you can... 
give me a signal if it's not. But anyway, uh, yeah, this is how Paul introduces God to the people of Athens. It's how John introduces him in the, in the Gospel of John, right? In the beginning was the Word. All things were created through him. The other Gospels don't introduce Jesus this way because they assume that their readers are already familiar with Genesis 1. They've already been introduced to God. But when God is being introduced, this is where the Bible, this is where the apostles, this is where it begins. He is the creator. The God whom we worship, the God to whom we pray, the God whose promises we rely upon and trust, that God is the creator of all things. That's the underlining foundation of our faith. And if it were not true, then what would that make of God? Not much other than a bully, would it? If God is not our creator, then we owe him nothing. Except maybe a little respect. And then God would simply be a very powerful being who likes to use his power to force us to do what he wants. But because God is the creator, the one who bara, made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, because he is our creator, we owe everything to him. He is our father. He, everything that we have comes from him. All good things come from him. And he is a loving God. Paul reminds us also in Acts 17, 28, in him we live and move and have our being. God is our creator. He is the only one who is only used of him. But the word is used of God in two different contexts. The first context, obviously, is our, our reading this morning, our sermon te text in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the first context is that creation out of nothing of all things the second context, one example is Psalm 51.10, which is context in which scripture uses the, that word, bara. It uses it for how God created all things heaven and earth, and it also uses it for how God creates faith, creates righteousness within us, creates his people. We talked about that last Sunday. We had the festival of Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit and how God created his church out of nothing. In Genesis uh, chapter 1, we heard how the earth was without form and void. The Hebrew, tohu vabohu, empty. And just as the word bara, create, is uh, used of God's people as well as the creation of the world, so that word, that emptiness, is also used to describe people without God. So we have, for example, in Deuteronomy 32, for the Lord's portion. 
Obviously, this passage is uh, referring to how God found his people. He became their God in the wilderness. He led them through the wilderness, and in the wilderness they learned to trust him as God. But it, it's clearly going deeper than that, isn't it? It's emphasizing the emptiness not only of the wilderness that surrounded them, but of their spiritual state without God. And talking about how God took them in, out of that emptiness and created them as his special people. Isaiah 43, verse 1. It is God who creates a people for himself out of nothing and creates righteousness and faith in our hearts out of nothing. That is why we pray, create in me a clean heart, O God. Sometimes we think of ourselves as something. Sometimes we pride ourselves in something we've done or some aspect of ourselves. But inevitably we mess up, we fail, we fall. Sometimes in quite spectacular ways. And we learn the truth of what God says in Scripture. That without him we are nothing. Without God we have nothing but anger and resentment and bitterness and jealousy and hatred. And those things are tohu vabohu, emptiness. Therefore we pray, create in me a clean heart. That God would take that nothingness, that anger and hatred away from us and fill us instead with his love and his forgiveness, and his joy. It's a very sad thing, a very terrible thing, to live in that emptiness of man's sin and anger. What a wonderful thing that God has promised to create in us a, his light instead. The word bara then uh, not only describes what God did at the beginning, but it describes what he did in us as well. But it's also a word that calls us to faith. It calls us to trust God, what he says and what he promises in his scripture. God doesn't begin scripture with something easy and simple, does he? He doesn't say, okay, let's start with something you understand and work up. Let's do baby steps here. That's a, a good strategy when, uh, try, when you're a teacher, you're trying to teach young kids, you're trying to lead them from understanding one thing to understanding another. But that's not what God is doing here at the beginning of Scripture. Instead, he just drops this thing on us. I created all things. That's a sentence that he's not giving to us to understand. We can understand the concept that God created all things. We can understand the fact that he did it. But we can't understand how? We can't understand the power. We can't understand the, the wisdom, the might, the intelligence. We can't even understand the fullness of what he created, much less his ability to do it. This is not something that he gives to us that we might understand it or grasp it with our intellect. It's a word he, ex he expects us to believe because he told us it was true and grasped by faith. It is a privilege to explore the world that God created. It's a, 
a privilege to use the minds and the intellect he has given us to seek to understand as much as possible his creation. And so there is a place for understanding. As we study the, the vastness of the universe, we begin to see a small hint of the vastness of God's eternity, don't we? As we explore the, the intricacies of atoms and elements and DNA and life, we see a reflection of God's care and wisdom. This world and this universe isn't something he just slapped together at the last minute. He was very concerned with very fine details. And we begin, <clears throat> as we see the, his designs in nature, and we study the working of the human mind, we begin, we can't understand fully, but we begin to see the vastness of his plans. The God who created the heavens and the earth is not a God who can be contained within our minds, although we can see aspects of him in small ways in the world that he created, but he himself cannot be contained in our minds, but he can be grasped by faith. In the beginning, God created. With these words, he asks us to believe, to trust, that he is teaching us the truth. And if we're not going to believe him at these very first words he speaks to us, these words that he uses to introduce himself to us, if we're not going to believe him here, then why should we believe him later? If we're not going to believe that he created the world in six days and everything in it, then why should we believe him that he's watching over us and taking care of us when the tornado hits our house, whether that tornado is real or metaphorical? Some of us may have had real tornadoes hit our houses, but... We've all had metaphorical disasters, things that feel like they tear us apart. If we don't believe him here, why should we believe him later on when we commit sin and he says to us, son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven. There are many who want to take God's promises out of the context of Scripture. They'd like to believe what he says about sin and heaven and about his protecting hand, but they reject the very beginning of Scripture. If we're not going to believe him here, why should we believe him later? Hebrews 11.3 reminds us, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen are not made of things which are... to earth for us that are, is made out of rungs of our understanding and our intellect. Instead, he holds out his hand and tells us to grasp and hold on by faith. And by faith, we come to him. By faith, we approach him. By faith, we know that he made all things and that he is with us even in the tornadoes. We understand. We don't understand, but we believe that God created all things in six days. By faith we know that God is triune, that wonderful three-part nature of our God, that he is three persons and yet one God that we celebrate today. But most especially, by faith we know that God is a God who loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. Just as we cannot understand the vastness of space, neither can we understand the vastness of a love 
that would even come down to die for our sins. But we know it to be true. And as we explore and grow in our understanding of this world that he created, may it always be a reminder to us that his love is even greater, even vaster, even deeper than anything we find in this creation. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ.